Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, darlings all. Welcome to this Monkey Kingdom and Acast production of Tom Reed Wilson Has Words With. My fellow explorer of all things Lexi. Oh, that's my abbreviation for lexical. Not to be confused with sexy, which of course is an abbreviation of sexical. Well, she's both. Lexi and sexy. It's Dawn French. She's made our side split as the vicar of Dibley and one half of French and Saunders. The other half joined us in series two and charted a few of Dawn's coinings. In fact, Dawn is a liberal coiner. And here's today's word, apropos Dawn, that may crop up a great deal. Nomenclature. A very specific kind of coining, the coining of names. In Dawn's case, as we shall see, her nomenclature runs the gamut from fictitious diseases to Jennifer Saunders. As such a Dawn devotee, my poem has really been in gestation for a very long time. So atypically, it dashed down my neural pathways from my frontal lobe to my digits with relative ease. Here is my ode to Dawn. With words like delightsome and do bonkers lally, she, just like me, is a coiner. For many a stroll down a lexical alley, I simply can't wait to join her. Her writings and musings all sparkle with wit, but wit with the spice of Tabasco. It peppers the joyous, but also the shit, from triumph right through to fiasco. Her roles, too, have facets of every hue, from Caroline Arliss to Vicar. So is it a wonder that I glug her work like it's effervescent gold liquor? Let's hasten her coming. It's better that way. It means that my buttocks unclench. And thank you for making my podcasting day delightsome and darling Dawn French. Well, that was an introduction <laughs> and a half. Darling, I've been so excited about having you because we had your chum and comedy partner, Jennifer Saunders. And when we had that episode, your ears were ablaze. Oh, okay. I call what? her my lesser half. <laughs> <laughs> or fatty. Or fatty. Yes, I've always called her fatty. I never actually stopped to ask whether she's offended by that at all. <laughs> it's just because I've always been the fatty one. It just amuses me to call her fatty instead. <laughs> well, what, what I learned about you both was just how much you had in common. 
before you'd even met because you were daughters of RAF servicemen and you're what you describe as crab brats or legit gypsies. Can you explain? Yes. Well, I think when you are brought up in the services and especially in the RAF, which both Jennifer and I were, um, although in very different ranks. And for me, that makes quite a difference. Jennifer is from officer stock. Oh, uh, the other end of the camp, and believe me, the camp really did delineate who was what. You know, uh, one end of the camp, wherever you lived, you know, there's a camp with the various houses and and naffy and the school and so on. Um, all with G plan furniture. So everywhere you move, yes. exactly the same furniture was in exactly the same room. It's just we're in a different <laughs> county. Really extraordinary. And that's, I guess, the gypsy part of it. Yes. But, you know, our part of the camp was all um, ha- terraced houses. And her part of the camp was, you know, um, detached houses with gardens. <laughs> to uh, the men are born. From the posh end, very <laughs> definitely. But I suppose when you are um, kids um, from REF stock, you just get used to travelling all the time, to changing. Sometimes my yes. dad would be um uh moved every three months so you've just come to a school you've just made some friends and suddenly off you go again but you're with your little band you know and your your band is your family and you're meeting another group of people all in the same pot in fact you know the other day my brother and i were reminiscing that we had lots and lots of pets as children, but mainly we had pets that we inherited from other families who had moved. Because sometimes you move uh, abroad, like we yes. lived in Cyprus for four years. Yes. So when you are going to move abroad, you, you have to find somewhere to, to someone to look after your pet. Yes. And what you do is you ask the next incumbent of your house to look after <laughs> your pet so we inherit lots of dogs and cats and sort of furry conveyor belt. <laughs> Yeah. Well, speaking of, of Cyprus, that's another place where, where Jennifer was posted as well. And she told us about falling out of a window backwards and impaling her bottom with a cactus. <laughs> my, yes, oh, she did. That story, that sounds, that sounds like one I'd enjoy because she's in pain. <laughs> <laughs> little bit of schadenfreude, never went to miss. Well, quite a lot. <laughs> my favorite story of, of yours in cyprus was the one about your mum doing the laundry and telling off the soldiers very boldly well you know we lived there during the the split between the north and the south yeah and archbishop macarius i think it was was in charge at the time and the turkish had taken over the north of the island um, and everybody was being encouraged to move to the south. But we actually at that time did live in the north um, and we lived off camp and that was unusual. So we weren't protected by the REF. We were living in a, in a house rented from yes. a Greek family. Um, and the house had a flat roof and that's where my mum used to hang the washing. <laughs> and um, when we were little children, I mean, I must only have been five, something like that. Um, uh, my mum had done her washing. She went up to the roof and there was a Turkish um, a soldier on there shooting at people with a, with a gun. On the roof? On the roof of our house. To a sniper, in effect. Oh, my God. So my mother just said, what are you doing here? Get <laughs> off my roof. This is where I do my washing. 
This is where I hang out my washing. I've got children in this house. Get off the roof. So he literally packed up his gun and just apologised and, and left the roof. I mean, that was the power of my mother. <laughs> Doughty to the nth degree. Absolutely. And you picked up a nickname there. I did. Haravi Moo. Is that the correct pronunciation? I think the pronunciation is Haravi. Oh. Haravi Moo. And Haravi is the rising of the sun, dawn. Oh, dawn. is something that Greek people tag on the end of your name just to make it friendly. It's kind of deary. It's a, oh. it's nothing. You would be Tom Moo. Oh. You know, if I'm, I'm saying my darling Tom, my my sweet, you know. So oh. I'm kind of ye after dawn and moo. And the moo bit stuck, didn't it? That's the bit that stuck in my family. So uh, my brother to this day will call me moo. I mean, actually, there was one, all my friends called me moo as I grew up because that was my family name and they heard it. Yes. And, and at one point, I think there was one year when I was at school, when I entered the school register as moo French. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was my actual name because I because everybody called me that. Of course, it was at the time when Alf Garnet was calling his wife Moo, and it was um. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. In that way, yeah. but that wasn't that wasn't the origin of it for me. <laughs> and speaking of all these myriad things that you had in common with with Jennifer, yes, one of them was an actual person. And yes. <laughs> and I love that she was such a kind of anarchic, mischievous person that she sort of became a euphemism for all things naughty. So you'd bring out the Camilla Lang in each other. <laughs> but what were these antics that she would get? Oh, her? honestly, she was very naughty. She was actually an army kid. So she's what we call a pongo. Oh, <laughs> we were crabs. She was pongo. Well, you would think crabs would be the Navy, wouldn't you? But they're called yes. fish heads. And, and I think something, the crab part of it, if I remember rightly, it's something, it might be something to do with people's nethers in the war. Oh, see, I thought it was the hermit crab about sort of shedding shells and then picking up other ones. Because Let's of... go for that. That's certainly, that's certainly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, But uh, yes, Camilla was, she was on a camp. Uh, that I was on and then I think it went this way around then I left that camp um, and Jennifer joined that camp soon afterwards was it in Lincolnshire or somewhere like that and um, um, and uh, Jennifer inherited her like we inherited all the puppies that other people left (laughs) she inherited my friend and it wasn't until many years later that we were talking about this very particularly naughty girl who would do things like put signs on the back of a teacher I smell or something like that. She was very, um, she was brave. You know, she would do all the things. She might, for instance, I'm not going to, I'm not going to berate Camilla in any way and certainly not going to have her put into prison. But she (laughs) might, for instance, have um, availed herself of some chocolates from the shop that perhaps she Uh hadn't paid for um and we might all have enjoyed eating them i did slide one or two dark chocolate bounties up my sleeve once upon a time although isn't it difficult to get them back down your sleeve because i once stole some um pencils from from smith's and i went home and i felt so guilty about doing it but i had been shown by other girls 
how to do it by slipping them up your sleeve. Um, and it was a package of pens on six pencils. So quite hard, quite, quite difficult to get up your sleeve. Yeah. Anyway, came home with them and had to confess to my mum because I felt so guilty about it. And my mum said, oh, right, well, this is serious. You better go and sit in your bedroom until dad gets home. <laughs> and I was uh, absolutely terrified. Not, not that my dad was scary in any way, but this was a moral dilemma. You know, yes. this was, he, I was going to disappoint him. And that would be the greatest punishment. Um, So I lived all afternoon in fear of this moment. And my dad came in. It was very solemn. And he said, "Okay, well, we have two choices. We either call the police um, and that could go anywhere. um, Or you and I go back to Smith's and you put those pencils back. So off we went to Smith's and getting them back out of my sleeve onto onto the display area was more difficult than stealing them with uh, because it looks like you're stealing them yes, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that was a lesson taught by my dad you know who must have been laughing actually oh. about this but that was a good lesson about stealing well i adore this little scamp so <laughs> i wonder if you can wind back the clock as we get regional with dawn french <laughs> As you say rather beautifully that there was sort of a golden thread tucking you back to one particular place, here to the West Country, where we feel the strongest call, the sea and the light and the green and the cream. Literal cream, yes. (laughs) Of the clotted variety. Yes, absolutely. And you're quite strict about the natural order of things when it comes to scones, aren't you? Um, Yes. (laughs) The way I see it, Tom, is that... There is the right way, yes. and then Satan's way. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to be drawn down that road. It goes nowhere good. And it is sometimes the way that people from Devon say is correct. Have you come to blows with Fatty about this then? Because well, Fatty and I do disagree. And actually, Fatty's husband, Adrian, and I yeah. firmly, robustly disagree. <laughs> And he gives me some old bollocks about uh, cream being the dairy and the barrier between the hot scone and the jam, as if that is an excuse. It isn't. It is. The cream, as far as I'm concerned, A, is clotted cream. Nothing else is acceptable. I'm not averse to some butter. Have butter if you want butter. But after the butter comes the jam, because the jam is spreadable. The cream is for dolloping. Yes, it is. is the crown. So you wear the crown on the top and it's large and pointy and you get as much as you possibly can. I have to say, I'm with you. Hide the cream. (laughs) We're not ashamed of our cream here. (laughs) No, a kind of peekable dollop. Yes. Gives it a a, a lovely diadem. I I agree with that. And that is the right way. That is the Cornish way and it is the right way. The Cornish cream tea. There's some people that say Devon cream tea, but they're fools. (laughs) 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Talking about the nomadic life, um, I guess the constant homes, uh, in terms of familial homes, were the grandparental homes. And you talk about long car journeys to them and acquiring another nickname, Foghorn. <laughs> yes. 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 Well, my brother has called me Foghorn for, well, ever since I was born, I think, because I just have a sort of an innate alarm system for whenever he is nearby. <laughs> my brother and I have, we love each other very much, but obviously we went through the brother sister thing. Well, I'm two years younger than him, two and a half years younger. And um, I just completely annoyed him. <laughs> He's, he was virtually allergic to me for most of our childhood. And I would moan to my mum and dad if any if he gave me the side eye, if there was any little pinching or punching going on, which I did fully deserve, um, um, and became a sort of um, almost like a reflex action that he would just have to do. My brother and I, to this day, to this day, cannot be near each other for very long without physically wrestling. <laughs> and it's quite an alarming thing. We're in our 60s now. And if I am sitting near him, I just have to start a sort of little punching, pushing thing, and then it will turn into wrestling. I mean, we, 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 we stop before it, before it gets dangerous now. But we were in the back of cars, endlessly wrestling all the time. And my mum's hand, you know that hand that comes yes. in? like this trying to whack one of them. Uh, so we became very adept in dodging and even more adept because there were what you call um carpy supers 
too to climb through. <laughs> yes, the most extraordinary thing where the car and these long journeys from various places. And my father would insist that windows are all up uh, because we don't want to get cold. Father and mother, but mainly father, smoking, 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 smoking. 60, 60 a day is what they smoked each back in the day. Gosh. And they, of course, smoked inside the car. Nobody thought that this was a problem. So my brother and I were inside a car full of smoke for hours and hours and hours. And this would be almost chain smoking, but mother refusing to open the window because we might get cold. And then my father, weirdly, not able to see properly because of the smoke, so putting the windscreen wipers on. <laughs> oh, my. The hug of the inside of the car. It's absolutely ridiculous. Oh, dear me. Uh, isn't it odd? And you think now, my brother and I must have passive smoked an awful lot when we were younger. And, and neither my brother or I have ever smoked, you know, for real. I, I gave it a good try. I, obviously, I tried it at school. However, toffees, yes. For me, it's cake. Is it? It's, it's really, it's cake. And I'm afraid the only way in which I'm a cliche champagne. Cake and champagne forever and ever. Ew, that's very good mixture. I'm, doing, I'm about to enter a quick fire translation section. It actually, funnily enough, begins with cake because I do want to hear about the saffron buns. I've never made a saffron bun. But saffron bun is it, in certainly in Cornwall and in Devon, I think, as well. And it's just a small uh, loaf made with saffron, very expensive, as we know, and yes. currants. And if you toast it, oh, and lots of butter, it's really delicious. Oh, and you can have it in a loaf or a bun. And, and I would recommend one a day. Um, the informative dance of the two elderly sisters. <laughs> I wish I'd seen this. These were my two very elderly aunties. And we were, I mean, I realise now this has been going on for, this is Winnie and Dot. It had been going on quite a long time, this, without me really noticing, because they just were there and they would, you know, do little dances, show you, uh, play bits of music and be a bit eccentric. They had budgies inside the house flying about, like in a whole room where the budgies had pecked off um, all the wallpaper, you know, that kind of thing that you just yes, kind yes. of get used to as a child. You think, oh, yeah, it's those two. But then it came to the day when my very elderly great grandmother uh, died. And she died a couple of days before her 100th birthday. And because the 100th birthday was planned in a local parish hall, and people had traveled indeed from Australia to celebrate it. Gosh. We went ahead and celebrated it anyway. Yes. And some, somebody in the family chose to put a chair that would have held great grandma um, right in the middle of the stage with some lighting on it. So empty chair. <laughs> and it was very odd. And then the rest of us and various things that were planned throughout the evening to be a celebration. I've got an uncle that plays the accordion, for instance. Yes. And then it came to the moment where the aunties did their little dance. And what they had done is they'd made costumes. They're both very good at crocheting. You might, for instance, do a galliard. And then you would, uh, and you'd be in quite a lot of wool, but you'd take off the top costume, which was, a, I, I don't know, crinoline of some sort, 
that yeah. went for the galliard. Uh, and then underneath you have a flapper costume because here now we're going to oh, the 20s. Music. Oh my take that off and something else is revealed. It was absolutely amazing. It's like a sort of a crochet bucks fizz. <laughs> exactly that. Um, upstairs is outside is. Yes. Okay. I, I'm pretty sure I'm not alone in having a code for how far boys are allowed to go. Um, and if you keep a diary, which is very important to keep when you're when yes. you're dating, when you're courting with boys. Yeah. Um, uh, these are the codes that you write, imagining your mother won't be able to decode them, which of course she can immediately. <laughs> so, you know, upstairs, outsideies is your breasts outside your cardigan. <laughs> A boy has touched oh, that. Oh my. Oh, I thought it was taking the upstairs activity out into a field or a beach or something. Oh, I love that. No, it's code for where you've allowed a boy to visit. <laughs> so upstairs inside these is underneath your cardigan. Oh. I and as for downstairs, I just leave it to your imagination. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> um, horse. Horse. Yes. When, when we were children, we used to go on barge holidays um, or on any boat that my dad could find and we would uh, go up and down the canals and we got very used to understanding each other's bathroom <laughs> habit <laughs> because you can hear everything you know you know it's all happening so I don't know who started it but if somebody went to the loo and there was a big stream of, of pee you, you would cover this up by just shouting horse <laughs> now it's absolutely ridiculous i think it means you're peeing like a horse you know i think that's what it means it's, but it's, instead of hearing the pee you, you just would hear someone going horse from inside <laughs> the and then you'd reply with horse and that was completely normal like a completely normal ass looker cock dandy and boob head it just sounds like i mean really rude to you <laughs> this is now well thank you very much first of all <laughs> and i'm flattered um, this is just me inventing swearing, basically. Um, if I if I want to find a word to call somebody, I, I I find the words that are in common parlance sometimes just a bit dull, overused. Yes. So I do invent my own. And um, if you're a cock dandy, honestly, you why not? That's a that's a lovely thing. Well, I think they're all blissful. In fact, I think I'm two out of three of them. Good. I think I'm all three. <laughs> <laughs> you're not a boob head mm, I can be a boob head I can and I wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind that on occasion it's okay to be a boob head this one I think I share with you unless I'm having quite a hot curry urine of the devil <laughs> beer I don't understand it it's just a gassy unpleasant smelling it's unpleasant on the way in it's on, unpleasant on the way out it seems to me that the people who drink copious amounts of it and seem to love it and hooray that they love it, but they sort of swig it and they become a kind of swill full of it. Yes. So that they're just sort of beer that's with skin around, you know, really <laughs> great bloody barrels of human beer. And it seems that, that people only really rent it for a very short time. You know, and before they have to go to the loo and horse. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't drink that much of anything. 
to be yeah. honest. No, I think tipple should always begin in symbols and then sort of augment as the evening goes on. Agree. And what is your tipple? I'm afraid it is champagne. Isn't that terrible? But actually, these days, these days, you know, if you buy a gin and tonic in London, champagne is cheaper. Yes, I expect so. Yes. Mm. Yes. And may I, may I recommend to you? Oh, yes. A Cornish champagne, which is not allowed to be called champagne. Yes. Because it's not made in champagne. Um, but it's called Camel Valley. And it is award-winning, excellent champagne. I don't know much about champagne. But I, I, when I need to drink champagne, I will drink that. And I have drunk it with people who know about champagne, who have said, well, yes, that may be good, but this is better. Oh, Darling! Darling. And thank you, Tom. Can I say thank you to you for introducing us all to lots of lovely words and for doing your poetry and just introducing the fun of words and, you know, all the new words that we've learnt via you, all of us who love you. You know, there are new fizzy little words that we can pretend we thought of. (laughs) (laughs) It's my favourite thing to steal words from other people's brains, really, and certainly (laughs) to have them explained when you don't really know them. I do remember when I was doing my O-levels, I just thought O-level English. I thought I just must learn some fancy words and try and slip them in somewhere to my essay. (laughs) So I wrote a very flowery essay that contained words like verdant, (laughs) chiaroscuro and uh, cacophony. You know, words like that 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 nobody at age 16 is ever going to use. I I did get an A, but I just completely... You know, I was a tart to the words, really, a tart. (laughs) Well, me too. I'm an absolute lexicon floozy. You are, but I thank you for it. Thank you so much. And I'm sorry you had to do quite so much research and be in my company endlessly. No, it was undiluted pleasure. Yes, yes. So much love. And so much love back to you, darling heart. My bonus word today is epistolary. Dawn's is the first epistolary memoir I've ever read. It means taking the form of letters. It comes from the Latin epistola, meaning a letter or a message, which also gives us epistle, that lovely synonym for letter. It's time for me to write sincerely yours and conclude this epistle now. If you enjoyed this episode, two of Dawn's frequent co-stars, Harriet Thorpe and Jennifer Saunders, also feature in our Aladdin's cave of former guests. This has been a Monkey Kingdom and Acast production. Until next time, oodles of love. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.